Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Is there anything as irritating as a cough, both for the person coughing and for those having to listen to it? But as we head into winter, colds and coughs are going to be a part of life. But can we actually avoid colds and coughs? And if we can't, how can we help our kids feel better? Dr. Deb Levy is a paediatrician and Sarah Hunstead is the CEO of CPR Kids. Ladies, welcome to Feed, Play, Love. Thank you. (coughs) (laughs) Oh, she starts with a dad joke. I love it. I've missed you, Sarah. <laughs> I've missed you too. Nobody appreciates my tad jokes like you do. Oh, well, they're fun. They're fun. I mean, when you say them, I'm not like that at accepting when it's my husband. Look, I am not stupid. I do know that we can't totally avoid colds and coughs. However, are there measures we can take so that we're less susceptible to them? Should I jump in and Deb, start you here, guys? Start, okay, yeah. thanks. First of all, Great to be sitting here and thank you so much. So I think we can look at it in terms of the child and then the environment. I always like to try and divide things easily. So in terms of the environment, I would say by far the most important thing is going to be hand washing and obviously avoiding anyone who is obviously sick. Um, That can be a little bit tricky at home, especially if you've got a few children, but you can do the best that you can do with that. Um, hand washing, we've heard it a million times during COVID and I'm going to say it again, we should all be doing it. All our children should be washing their hands as soon as they get home from preschool or from school as we should be when we've been out. Um, so yes, a big, big, um, push to hand wash in terms of the child themselves. This is really around how we can support their immune system in order to strengthen them to better fight infections. All children will get infections. Um, And by this, I mean, you know, your mild, typical viral infections, the snotty noses, the fevers, the coughs and colds that you're talking about, Siobhan. And up to around about 10 a year can actually be regarded as normal. Excellent. I know, right? (laughs) We're all parents sitting here and we've all been through it. Um, You know, but I do believe that there is a lot that we can do as parents to try and help our children beat these odds. Excellent. Okay, well, you're going to have to tell me what they are now. (laughs) Um, well, look, anyone who's heard me talk before knows I'm a huge fan of a healthy diet and healthy lifestyle. And when it comes to healthy eating, definitely for our immune system, we can support um, our children's bodies. And how do we do that? We avoid all the rubbish, which puts strain on their systems, and really increase those fresh fruits and vegetables that provide all those essential nutrients and um, phytonutrients that our children need. We can then also start looking at things like vitamin D levels, and that's more sunshine. Not so easy in winter, but um, certainly something to be aware of. And then, of course, there's the big topic of the microbiome and gut health. What do we do here? This in itself we could talk for hours on, so I'll give you the basics. Again, it's avoiding anything that can harm the microbiome, and that is mainly junk foods, antibiotics, and um, certain medications, including anti-reflux medications, and neurofin. I'm not saying that these medications should be avoided. I'm just saying that they should be taken with consideration and obviously under the guidance of your healthcare provider. But those are the main things that can affect our gut microbiome negatively. What can we do to support it? 
It's about eating those fresh fruits and vegetables, especially those vegetables and all that fiber and roughage because it provides something called prebiotics. And prebiotics are what feed the healthy gut bacteria that we have, which then means the other thing we need to eat are some good bacteria. And the easiest way to get children to eat their probiotics is, well, either through a supplement, if that's what you prefer, or through nice fermented foods. Yogurt is usually very palatable, um, as well as kefir, which is like a fermented yogurt drink, um, and sauerkraut, if you can get your child to eat it. So there you go. <laughs> Sarah, can you get, I was yeah. going to say, can you get your kids to eat sauerkraut? Well, the funny thing is, is that um, I actually love fermented foods. I think it may be my um, my <laughs> European background, and I've been banned from eating sauerkraut and kimchi oh, in the kimchi, house. kimchi, I do yeah, agree with that. that. Yeah, yeah, they make stinky. me leave. Sarah, do you have, I know that you have a similar approach to sort of preventative measures for colds and coughs. You've told me often about the hand washing before the whole COVID thing and everyone got used to it. How do you treat your own kids going into winter, like, you know, trying to get that bubble of immunity around them? Well, the first thing is I think we need to do exactly what Deb said is understand they're going to get sick. They will. It's kind of inevitable. And having those plans in place so that when they do get sick, that you can cope with that, that it's, you know, work is aware that you need to be home. It's about that whole bigger than just the child being sick themselves. And I think, you know, you know, safety is my kind of area that I, and my brain goes straight to that. And I think, you know, it's not about when your child gets sick, they've got this cough of running up to the chemist and grabbing the first cough medicine you can see on the shelf or anything like that because it's really interesting. If you have a look at the um, TGA website, that's the Therapeutic Goods Administration website, you can see very clearly there that they say that cough medicine shouldn't be given to children under the age of six. And, you know, when we think about this, we think, my goodness, that's um, all of this stuff that's advertised to us, all this stuff that's on the shelf isn't actually, you know, for kids under the age of six. And I'm sure I can hear Deb rising in her seat here just going, <laughs> we really shouldn't be giving co- children cough medicine at all. Please Sarah, don't you give know me children so well. cough medicine. And, and mm-hmm. I mean, it, let's talk about that because the other thing I, I seem to remember at some point, Sarah, you told me that cough medicine just doesn't work, mm-hmm. even if you were going to give it to your kid. Is that true? Yep, that's absolutely true. And I'm sure Deb can elaborate more on this. But one thing that uh, certainly that worries me as well is that if I often hear from parents that they've been by well-meaning grandma or auntie or friend that they've been given these cough medicines or herbal mixtures and they're sitting just on the shelf in the pantry, (laughs) you know. Three years. Exactly. (laughs) Remember that these can be toxic to children. Please dispose of them at your local pharmacy if you are not going to use them, which of course Deb will go into that more in just a minute, Um, but keep them out of reach of children. Just because something says natural doesn't mean it's not going to harm your child. Okay, let's talk about cough medicines, Deb. Obviously, we go for them because we're hoping it's going to stop the child coughing. But I suppose the other side of that is trying to ease the irritation that they're Mm -hmm. feeling. Mm -hmm. So someone who, who might not have the knowledge that you guys have would go, well, a cough medicine, surely it's about soothing that irritation and that that feeling in their throat Mm -hmm. what is your take on what is available in the chemist um without being too controversial i'd say no be controversial there you go (laughs) i would just say never buy a cough syrup because i do not believe that children either need it or benefit from it Um, and there's studies that support this it's actually been shown that simple honey is more effective 
Oh, my daughter will be, I'll, she would love me telling her that because she said she that to me honey. the other day. No, she, she said, Mommy, my throat's a bit sore and Yazzie at school said I should have honey. And I went, go for it, babe. <laughs> you Absolutely. can have honey. Well done, <laughs> Yassie. Yes, he's yeah. good. She's on it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, just to say, of course, just to flag it that no child under a year of age should ever be given honey just because of the theoretical risk of botulism poisoning. Mm-hmm. So um, just to flag that. But otherwise, yes, you know, half a teaspoon of honey, a teaspoon, a little bit of warm water, it does the trick. But I think I just want to also say that it's not just about soothing the cough. It's also about working out why your child has a cough because it may mean that your child actually needs a different kind of treatment, you know. So I I do think that it's not just about alleviating the symptoms but working out why they're there. So this is something I've um, spoken to Sarah about before as well because we're talking about coughs and colds and the sort of lurgies that aren't as serious as influenza or the coronavirus that we've been seeing. We're talking about those sorts of illnesses that I'm assuming are the one to ten a year Mm -hmm. that – um, as parents, we soldier on so long as we're not spluttering over everyone at work. How do you tell the difference between a cough that is something quite mild and one where you need to go see someone about it? And I know that, that Sarah also teaches quite a bit about this. To me, it's about um, the actual cough itself and the degree of any respiratory distress the child may be exhibiting. So it's not just the cough, it's looking at the child as a whole their breathing, their general state of health. And when I say that, I mean, is the child, is your child lethargic, lying there, listless? Um, you know, or are they running around with a bit of an irritating cough? Those are two very different pictures. So, you know, it's about looking at your child as a whole, making sure that they're breathing comfortably. The signs, and I'll pass over to Sarah for that, because I'm sure she can, she can speak through them as well. But there are certain signs that we look for that I think it's very important for every parent and caregiver to be aware of so that you can identify when your child needs more help. So um, one thing I love to talk about with um, your work, Sarah, is your traffic light cards, because they, honest to God, they're the best thing a parent could have. So the traffic light cards give parents an indication of when they can treat something at home, when they make an appointment with a doctor, and when they go to emergency. I can't remember which way the colours go. So obviously red is for hospital. Yep, that's yeah, right. And orange is to um, yep, make an appointment. Need to see a doctor. And mm-hmm. green, you can yep. stay at home. Yep. Okay, so what are we looking for if we're either in the orange or the red zones with coughs? So as what Deb was saying, we're looking at their, at their, how they're breathing. So first of all, let's start from head to toe, looking at your child. Is their head bobbing up and down. That's, you know, particularly in a baby, that's a really concerning sign. Is their nostrils flaring, you know, in and out? And once again, that's really concerning. Let's look at the notch just in in the base of their neck. Are they sucking in? Are you noticing that's really sucking in and out when they're breathing? Looking at their tummy, does it look like it's seesawing? Are they sucking in around their ribs? Are they breathing faster than normal? You know, are they unable to drink properly? Is a young baby unable to take a bottle or breastfeed? You know, looking at all of these things, you'll, trust me, as a parent, you will know that it is different to normal. And of course, as Deb said, looking at your child as a whole, you know, are they having difficulty feeding? Do they have less wet nappies than usual? Are they having difficulty, you know, rousing? All of these sorts of things that you go, whoa, that is really different to normal. You have to be seeking medical help. And of course, if they are difficult to rouse or they are definitely having difficulty breathing, you need to call an ambulance immediately. 
which is great to know the extreme end of things because um, I was speaking to a psychologist the other day who said, um, children are great observers and terrible interpreters. And I find this is a case in terms of illness as well. So one of my children will say she's practically dying. <laughs> Favourite one of hers is I'm going to vomit. And she's actually not thrown up since she was two and she's 10 now. So every time she says that, I'm like, <laughs> you're okay. Um, so it's good to know what to look for in the danger signs, but also to know, okay, you're not so bad. Like we can manage this at home. And that is, they can say they're feeling really unwell, but if you see them wolfing down a piece of Vegemite toast and sculling a drink and then running after their brother and being okay, chances are yeah, and they're I think, okay. I think observation is an incredibly powerful tool that you can use, particularly if they don't know that you're watching them. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. And the other thing too, particularly with babies and children, don't just watch them with all their clothes on. Actually mm. take their top off, undo their onesie, have a look at what they're doing, you know, with their chest. You can't, you don't have x-ray vision, you can't look through their clothes. So make sure you strip them down to have a look too. And the other thing that I think is really important is that we can teach our little germ buckets to try and contain their germs themselves <laughs> as well. Um, you know, encourage them not to lick other people while they're feeling unwell. Teach them to actually cough into their elbows rather than coughing into their hands and, you know, blowing their noses and getting their snot all over their hands and then giving you a kiss. So it's about thinking about those things as well and probably not a good idea to eat their leftover Vegemite toast when they are sick. Mm, I'm, yeah, still trying to get my children not to cough in my face. If we look at colds and coughs on the milder scale of things, do fevers ever figure in that, can, in that sort of mix or do fevers only come in when you're heading to the orange zone where you need to go see a doctor? No, your child can have a fever at any time. I think it's often the pattern of the fever that gives us a little bit more of a clue. And by that, I mean, is your child febrile? So in other words, do they have a temperature the entire day? Are you noticing it's only perhaps in the afternoon, evenings, which is quite typical with viral infections? Or have you noticed that they've had a low grade, and by low grade, I mean around about 38 degrees Celsius temperature for a few days, and then suddenly they start spiking a high fever? That makes me a little bit more suspicious that perhaps a viral infection has progressed to something else. If you'll note, I haven't actually said the exact height of the temperature because that does not indicate whether or not a child has a viral or a bacterial infection. The other thing I'd like to say about fevers is they're not a bad thing. They're actually our children's bodies fighting an infection. And as such, I don't routinely recommend giving your child anything Yes, you can make them more comfortable, give them some fluid, obviously dependent on their age, what you'll be giving them, and um, you know, don't have them rugged up as if it's you know a cold winter's day. But um, I wouldn't automatically rush to give them medication to bring that fever down unless they're incredibly uncomfortable or distressed with it. Okay. So if we're just dealing with something that is quite mild, but they're a little bit uncomfortable, how would you recommend we make them more comfortable. So you mentioned the honey before. Kids, I find anyway, respond really well to a placebo. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, honey, not, not necessarily a placebo. It definitely does help. But are there other things that you'd suggest can make them feel more comfortable? I'm a huge fan of an icy pole. 
or an ice popsicle. <laughs> Magic icy poles. Exactly. Icy poles are therapeutic. Yep. They Absolutely. are. Just Do they soothe one. the throat? They do. They mm. do. A cold liquid will soothe the throat. Um, I get a little bit fussy about exactly what I'm giving my kids. I prefer to give them ones that don't have the all those colorants and preservatives in, but um, I'll leave that at, you know, at the parent's decision. So I would definitely say some nice cool fluids. You know, there's the there's the classic, you know, chicken soup yes. suggestion. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, there are studies behind that and they actually show that that it actually supports the immune system, which I love. I mean, yeah, um, you know, I, I love it when old wives' tales are actually scientific. But, you know, it's just, it's simple foods. It's a lot of love. It's letting them watch their favorite TV mm-hmm. program, um, you know, doing what kids want to do. Anything else you want to add, Sarah? Oh, you know what? I think that it's important to go that the screen time rules when they're unwell oh, can actually yes. go out the window. I mean, mm-hmm. really, what do you want to do when you're sick? You want to get your doona and your pillow and cuddle up in on the couch and watch a bit of bad telly. That's okay. Ladies, thank you so much for chatting with us today. Thank you. Thank you. That's paediatrician Dr. Deb Levy and CEO of CPR Kids, Sarah Huntstead. I'm Siobhan Hunt. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please rate and review us so we can reach and help even more parents. And if you have a topic you'd like me to cover, send your email to feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.